0: Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so very grateful you're here with us. I'm very thankful to be your host. We're looking at coins of the first century, coins of the Gospels. And this comes from Titus Kennedy's wonderful book. We've been using it as a textbook for a little bit, Unearthing the Bible. 101 Archaeological Finds That Bring the Bible to Life by Harvest House. He's a professor of archaeology that I really like at Biola. A lot of good stuff. So let's dive in, check out our playlist, and subscribe if you don't mind. We have a lot, over a thousand videos in our playlist, You, I mean podcast, excuse me. We do you have videos over at New Life of Albany on Facebook and YouTube you may want to check out. A lot on this subject, many on other subjects, our church services and the like. So during the time of the Gospels, first century, coins circulated throughout the Roman Empire, including in Judea and Galilee, in varying denominations or values. These coins, usually made of bronze and silver, but occasionally minted using gold, were issued by the emperor and by local rulers. Now I'm just going to share a few things with you. Like as the Roman Empire collapsed, they would shave the precious metals, (laughs) which I always thought was interesting, you know, so they would have unjust weights and measures. Another thing, you're dealing with a culture that how they interpreted, you know, in the Ten Commandments, don't make a graven image, is uh, they're very particular what they would put on their coinage. So you had a couple different things going on here. So let's continue on. Typically, the coins display the images associated with religious iconography, or an image of a ruler with inscriptions naming or honoring those rulers, and occasionally the year of issue. These types of coins help to give precise dates to events within the gospel narratives, confirm the existence and titles of several officials who lived at the time of Jesus, such as the Herodian rulers, I mentioned Pilate coins, coins at Masada, coins in the Herodium, coins at the Talpioth ossuary. Herod the Great was designated as king of Judea by the Roman Senate in 40 BC, then sent back with an army, defeating both the Parthians and their allies, the Hasmonians, Kind of the Maccabeans. By 37 BC, Herod was in full control of the region, this capital at Jerusalem, and you'll see <coughs> that 37 BC date kind of a lot as the beginning of his rule, but You could technically say 40 B.C. as well. And he had the support of Rome, or some place in between. Issuing his own coins as king, including one that depicted the cap and star of the Dioscuri, Herod utilized divine imagery found in Roman religion that may have had meaning in Judaism connected with the star of a prophesied future ruler. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have read about the Dioscuri in years past. I would be remiss in trying to repeat what it was, because I just don't remember. Throughout his reign, Herod demonstrated paranoia, opportunism, and violent, executing at least seven members of his family and numerous political rivals. By the time Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Herod was late in his reign and extremely fearful of losing power to a son or a usurper that just happened in the ancient world then magi from the east came to his court asking about the recently born the Judeans whose star they had seen the scribes told Herod the Great about a prophecy from the book of Micah that the ruler would be born in Bethlehem and star that's maybe what is that Numbers or Deuteronomy Numbers twenty four seventeen and uh they may have been aware of the prophecy about a star. Here it is, and ruler mentioned the book of Numbers. To assure no rival to rise, Herod ordered the massacre of the innocents, or it began to circulate about the birth of Jesus. It's been estimated there was only eleven children killed in the Massacre of the Innocents. That's just from census records and all that, but I have no idea. I think it was more than that, probably, but that's kind of a current thing. Herod Archelaus was a son of Herod the Great, who had inherited the largest part of the kingdom, ruling from 4 BC 86, alongside his brothers Antipas and Philip and his aunt Salome. Remember, Joseph was like, I really don't want to go back from Egypt <laughs> uh, with Jesus and Mary. As the main heir, Archelaus received Judea and the title Ethnarch, meaning ruler over a common ethnic group. He issued coins during his reign, including the bronze pruta with the name Herod surrounding grapes on one side and the title Ethnart with a helmet on the other side. He was such a brutal and pompous ruler that the real ones exiled him to Gaul, like France in 86, then made Judea a province of the empire. Because of Archelaus, Joseph avoided Judea and returned to Galilee after leaving Egypt, ruled by the much more reasonable Antipas. Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch, was a son of Herod the Great, who ruled the Galilee area from 4 B.C. to A.D. 39. Very lengthy. There was no 0 A.D., by the way. Went from 1 B.C. to one eighty. When Emperor Caligula banished him to Gaul. The coins of Herod Antipas often included Greek inscriptions mentioning his name in the title, Herod Tetrarch on one side and Tiberius in honor of the emperor on the other. Many of his coins depicted wreaths, palm branches, or reeds, and therefore were not pagan in their iconography. Um, I'm thinking that, that you know Pontius Pilate got exiled somewhere to Lake Geneva or something. The lepton, somewhere in that area, was a tiny bronze coin, the smallest denomination of Judean coinage, originally minted in the early first century BC by the Hasmonean ruler Alexander Janius two coins equaled one quadrants which was the lowest denomination of all Roman coins, and amounted only to about one sixty-fourth of a daily wage for an agricultural worker, the infamous penny. The buying power of a lepton was minuscule, as it would take eight to buy only one small sparrow. Because of the Durability of metal coinage, the lepton and many other coins originally minted in the Hasmonean period stayed in circulation through the first century AD. In the time of the New Testament, the lepton was decorated on the obverse of the coin with an anchor and a Greek inscription mentioning King Alexander, while the reverse depicts an eight pointed star. While the lepton or half pruta of Alexander Janius is the most known and most common, King Herod also issued lepton coins reading King Herod and having plant, animal, and cornucopian anchor symbols. The tiny lepton coin eventually came to be called the widow's mite because of the giving attitude of the widow who did all the money she had. Two of these small mites uh, to the temple treasury, which was only a fourth of a sparrow. So pretty fascinating coinage in the Holy Land, and he doesn't go into great depths of drachmas and talents, which was not necessarily a coin, but more of a weight, and others, denarii, that I would have liked, but that is fascinating background information on the coinage. I tried to throw in a little bit myself. So, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Join us daily. Share with your friends, family, church, family. Please leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. And maybe make a journal or notebook of things you find interesting. And uh, again, I'll mention again, please share. That just helps people. Uh, low where we're at. God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye.